You're listening to Extra Takes, hosted by Northland Church lead pastor, Dr. Joshua Laxton. Tune in each week as Pastor Josh reveals the rest of the story behind his sermons. We'll discuss how those who follow Christ can live out a biblical vision for the church in the world today. Well, hello, Northland family and friends. Welcome to another episode of Extra Takes. I'm your co-host, PJ, but we have a pinch hitter, a what I would say, substitute, someone who is a relief pitcher and one of the best, I would say, and Tom Horvath. So he's filling in for Matt Childs. So Tom, hey, welcome hey, to Extra Takes. Awesome. I, I have not been invited to the cool room yet. So yeah, you I, have. You've, you've, this, well, this well not the, well, okay, in, this okay cool. in this room. Yeah. We usually cool do it for our, for our retreat. So yeah, yeah no, usually. The, the cool kids. The here. cool this kids. This is good. This and we even good. got a TV. I know. So I am impressed. This is just the, impressed. this is just the second time that we've actually done the video portion. So All yeah, right. so we're, we're adding things slowly, but surely. And I so, well, great to be here. Thank you so much. I'm a long time listener and a first time co-host. <laughs> long time listener. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, I'm going to kind of just hand it over to you and let you just kind of lead us through the discussion. All right. Well, fantastic. So um, last weekend, uh, Pastor Kevin was in town and, and he, at a high level, talked about uh, saying no. That, that's the topic of our sermon series, redeeming the word no. And, and this week, as you mentioned last week on Extra Takes, see, I do listen, uh, <laughs> you said you're going to do a deep dive, a deep dive theologically, but also a deep dive as to what yeses and nos mean. Yeah. Uh, so we're reviewing uh, the sermon services from November 18th and 19th, Redeeming No, the depths of no. Mm-hmm. And one of the really fun things that you did right out of the gate, and, and this is the first time that I can recall, but you did a live poll. You yeah. encouraged people to get their phones out. And uh, tell me a little bit about the, the genesis of that. Why did you do that? And are we going to see that again? Yeah. So I've been asking the the team, like, I would love to do some kind of live engagement. So people use their phones and vote. Like, so I've even shared some examples of even Bible trivia. So, hey, pull out your phones right now. We're going to have a Bible trivia and see who, you know, how many. Because it's a way to also gauge where, where people are. And it's a way to, you know, it's a way to make even the message livelier, you you know, and uh, which I do have people quite often that tell me, We've never fallen asleep while you've preached. So, I, but I don't want, I don't want that to just be the measurement. I also want the measurement to be, hey, you can engage in this. And so this past week, I had Lori Hall say, hey, we're ready. So if you want to, you know, craft a question, then we're ready to, to at least experiment with live polling. And so we did. And so it was fun. So we, we will definitely see it again now that we can. Now, now that we know that we can do it, uh, we will definitely do it again, especially probably even for Christmas. Oh, fantastic. So. Well, it took me by surprise. Uh, I was worshiping over with our Ponce Inlet uh, home church, yeah. and um, so pulled out the phone as quickly as I could, yeah. and uh, I did, I probably shouldn't admit this, but I did try to vote twice, uh, and it would, the <laughs> you, system it, wouldn't let it me. It wouldn't let you. No, it, it, it would not let you. But uh, so. I, I thought it would be fun. So the question was, uh, why is it so difficult for you to say no? 
And uh, there were 366 people. This was over the, the three services. And the overwhelming, by 52%, 189 people said the fear of disappointing others. Now, just as a reminder, some of the other choices was the fear of missing out, fear of hurting others, fear of being enough. Or for 66 people, they said, I don't have a problem saying no. But, but again, 189, 52% said fear of disappointing others. And I guess yeah. the, the question, uh, Pastor Josh, does that surprise you, the, the fear of disappointing others? No, the, the fear of disappointing does not does not surprise me. I think that's a big one. I listen to a lot of I, – I actually, I, I listen to a lot of YouTube videos – uh, and actually, it was it's quite interesting because if you're familiar with TED Talks, yeah. mm-hmm. there's a lot of regional TED conferences, and I think they're called TEDx. Mm-hmm. There were so many speeches or little communication tidbits of people talking about the power of no or how to say no, and I listened to actually quite a few of those talks and – and one of the reoccurring themes was, you know, I just don't want to, do, I just don't want to disappoint anybody. Now, the the thing that you know that did surprise me was the amount of people that said that they didn't have any difficult time saying no. And actually, I was thinking about that even deeper today. You, you know, going, okay, well, then if you're the kind of person that you know the boundaries and you can say no in a healthy manner because you say no to the right things. In the right way. I mean, I'm proud of you, and I'd love for you to, you know, teach others on on no. But th- there's a couple of things that I want just to again. I'm not saying that this is, you, you know, the fact, but m- maybe I want want to kind of make us think a little bit more on if you don't have a difficult time saying no. Couple of thoughts. One, let me ask you this: How connected are you to people? Because if you don't have, and again, I'm not saying that if you have an easy time saying no, that you're not connected. I'm just giving you some other thoughts, you know, because I've, I don't find it hard to say no to people I don't have a relationship with. You know, that's why as a pastor, I do want to have a relationship with people. And so I don't want to disappoint. But if you don't have a relationship with people, it, then it, it's easy to go, no, you, you know, so I'm not, again, not saying that you do, but I just want want you to just think of your level of connection to the people that uh, now you don't have a hard time saying no to. Um, and then the second of all, you know, do you have the right priorities? Because we, we do see, particularly in, in God's kingdom, in his realm, things are more of a priority than other things. So are you saying no to the right things? Um, so, so again, just, just a couple of thoughts to those people who do have a, a, an easy time or it, it comes a little bit more natural to you to say no. Just, just make sure, though, you are saying no to the right things and saying no in the right way. And that, that's the only thing I would say about that, just giving a little, little thought to it. That's great. In fact, if I could add one more yeah, to yeah. that. So what are you saying yes to? I yeah. mean, if you're a person that's constantly saying no okay. to everything – that just might be your own selfishness getting in the way, saying, I don't want to do anything but what I want to do. So, no, that's yeah. A really, yeah. I, I think that's a really good point is like, what are you saying yes to? Because are you saying yes to tithe? Tithing? Are you saying yes to serving? Are you saying yes to corporate worship? And if you're like, uh, 
Well, uh, then then you're saying no to the wrong things. So anyways, but I thought the poll was a really good exercise. And thank you to the 366 that that participated. Yeah, they're on the quick draw from the, the yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Either that or they were shopping on Amazon. Yeah, they exactly. They, they, were, okay. they were able to yeah. pull, pull those phones out really quick. So, yeah. But no, thank, thanks awesome. for, for yeah. indulging. Well, and I'm glad to hear that we're going to be seeing more of that. So uh, one of the things that you said, and it was quick, but you said it early on, um, you, you mentioned that time is the great equalizer, that we all get the same amount of time. And, and that there is, is a nugget. Yeah. Um, you know, regardless of education, regardless of where you live. I mean, just regardless of everything, everyone gets the same amount of time. We do. And uh, so n- n- no one gets gets cheated out of the time. You every Everybody has the same amount of time. And so how, how are you spending it? And, uh, you know, and that's part, yeah, I mean, that's obviously part of the decisions of yes and no, because yes and no help you manage the time that we've all been given. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Well, as, as you started to uh, begin teaching us, you, you shared three realities of no's and yeses. Uh, yes and no are decision words. You said that yes and no are said based on one's value system. And yes and no reveal who we are and help shape us into who we are becoming. And, and really, those three statements just set up the rest of uh, the, the sermon. Um, the main point, and uh, I'm going well, to but, but, but to go back, because, you know, when I, when I look at what Pastor Kevin did, and yeah, I really do think that he gave us an incredible overview of just understanding the philosophy of yes and no, that for every yes, there is a no. And someone asked, well, help me. Ex-. He's like, I, I, you know, this person was saying, I, I really didn't really understand. I said, well, um, you, you know, so I said, we, we were talking and she gave me an example. And I said, okay, so you chose to go to this party. What would you normally have done during that time? Well, I've just been at home watching TV. I said, so you said yes to a party. And by saying yes to a party, you said no to vegging out and, and le- you know leisure. She's like, oh, okay, I get it. So, so for every yes, there is a no, and for every no, there there you're saying yes to something. And then to you know kind of look at the, this idea of you know the Ten Commandments of being kind of knows that you know that there are automatic knows. And then to you know kind of understand uh, know your nose. I think those are just really good, uh, like a really good overview of no. And now this was going into the depths of no. So like understanding that no is a no and yes, they're decision words. They actually are based upon your value system. So like I want you to really, and that that's where I want you to think more deeply, even about your yeses and nos. And then <laughs> like. The, the serious element of of yes and no's are revealing who you are and who you are becoming. Because if you're saying no to these things, then you're becoming. You know, if you're saying yes, so you're bec- like. So th- these are the depths of no, and so that's where I want you know I wanted to drill down to the depths of no. Yeah, that was so, great, yeah. um, and, and you did. In fact, the main point, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to say it because if, if you can't say it really fast, but boy, it is good. Uh, <laughs> learning the X's and O's to your yeses and no's will glorify Christ and make you wiser in life. Um, man, that, that that's packed, and again, you spent the, the rest of the sermon unpacking that, but uh, maybe share with us a little bit uh, about where the idea for that main point came, the X's and O's, um, 
um, and, and the whole idea um, that we we can glorify Christ through our yeses and nos. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I love sports, and so, and I, you know, I always spend some time trying to think of what's a catchy way of crafting the main point. You know, it's something that, and then sometimes I think things might be creative until I say them out loud to somebody. And I'm like, that's eh, probably not that creative. But I was actually, I was actually really excited because it just had a a rhythm to it. You, you know, learning your X's and O's, and so using this idea of crafting plays, and because that that's one of the things that coach will do when they're drawing on the board, they're going to draw X's and O's, and they're going to sh- show you, okay, this is where this person goes, this is where this person goes, and, and you know, and from even a defensive perspective, like if this person does this, you do this. So you're learning the movements, and so yes, yeses and nos are learning the movements of our life because they're either going to move you or they're going to protect you. So they're either going to be offensive or they're going to be defensive. And then, you know, and then I'm like, well, not not everybody knows that. So and then obviously I think of how sometimes my wife signs things of, you know, X and O, X, O and hugs and kisses. What is funny, though, I had one of our uh, CAC uh, guys, uh, Rashawn. I love Rashawn. He left a gift for me, and I and I when I got to the office on Monday, I I saw it. Somebody had put it in my office, but he was at Big Lots, and he saw this like perfume box that was that was titled X O X O for your you know for for the X's and O's in your life. I like it. So I'm like, Rashawn, oh, my Lanta, like, wow, what, what, you know, so it just really lit up my day, you know, and I'm not going to use the perfume, I got to give it to somebody else, but he was listening, but for the hugs and kisses, and it was just X and O's, and so I'm like, man, oh, Rashawn got the X's and O's on on, on this message, so. That's fantastic. Yeah. You had some great graphics. Um, the first one was the garden, uh, where all of these trees, God gave Adam and Eve, they were all yeses, but there was just one no, that tree of the wisdom of, of good and evil. And, and then you talked about, well, because they went after the one thing that he said no to, um, that, that kind of changed dynamics uh, forever. So tell us a little bit more about that and then take us yeah. into, you, you also had a slide about all the different areas of our life, whether it was family or morality or entertainment or career or work and how those uh, can be X's and O's as well. Yeah. So it, it, it really... It dawned on me how sin just messed everything up, uh, and which I knew that, but in terms of yes and no, because when God set up the world, it was just one no, all yeses. Now again, it was it was the trees that He had given for food, like anything that you want to consume to satisfy and fulfill you. You can say yes to. So think about that. So all of these trees, you can say yes to, and these are, and the Bible even says they're pleasing to the eye. And so not only are they going to be pleasing to the eye, but they're going to satisfy your life. And so you can say yes to all these things, but this one tree you say no to. Now, the 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 sin of Adam and Eve was saying yes to the one thing that God told them to say no to, which then reversed everything. So now you need you need to in order to truly be redeemed in order to truly be saved you need to say yes to one 
thing, but actually that one thing is a person, and therefore say no to everything else because, now again, think about it, all of these trees were for for food. They were ple- they pleasing to the eye, and they would satisfy and sustain your life. So you can say yes to all this. Why? Because God was already most important, which is why it's don't eat from that tree. So when Adam and Eve said, well, we'll become more more important, so we're going to say yes to us, no to you, therefore it reversed everything, and so now you are to say no to everything so that you can say yes to the one person that actually matters, that can fully satisfy you and fill you, that truly is pleasing, and that's Jesus. And so I, I hope that it was such a, a just a, a simple, uh, you know, in some sense, a simple chart, simple images, but profound. But now when Jesus does become most important, then you're going to have all of these, again, these, and that's why I just refer to them as trees. Because again, now in the garden, these were physical trees with physical fruit that, that you would, that were pleasing to the eye that would fulfill you and satisfy you. But when we really look at all of these areas of life, we are seeing these things as pleasing and satisfying. But in Jesus, because he is the one that has fully satisfied, and now he is the authority and he has given us priorities, there are going to be certain times where we have to say no, because that, that's not going to fully satisfy us. You, you know, but because they are good, we, we can say yes to them in God's way and in God's, you know, in God's timing. So, so that's what, you know, I was really trying to get at with these graphs of, of showing the progression from in the garden to after the garden to now in Christ that there really are X's and O's. And so you just got to learn how to use them. Excellent. Yeah, and and that reinforces, you know, by saying no, saying no can be redemptive. You mentioned that, you know, saying no can redeem our time, our relationships, our purpose in life, our effectiveness, and our overall health. So it, it, it is a mechanism by which uh, whether our yes or, or no, you know, it really is a God decision. Yeah. And uh, so I just, th- that took it to a whole different level other mm-hmm. than, you know, a lot of times when you hear this, it's like, well, this is just a t- an exercise in time management. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, it, every yes and no is really a God decision. Yeah, yeah. It, and because he, he owns your time. He's given you the time. Mm-hmm. So you are, and that's part of where that relate, create, and operate come in is that, he, he, you know, he's he's the ultimate authority. He's the one who's given you the time. You are now a steward, an operator, a manager of the time, and and because you don't own the time, you got to go to the owner and you got to say, "Hey, have I managed my time well?" Like so, you know, Tom, like in your position here, so you are the senior executive director over Cultivate, but you lead out in leadership development. And so, one of the things that I'm that I know that we talk to other people about is how they are stewarding their time. And so it's not their time. It's not only, you know, so obviously ultimately it's the Lord's time, but they work for a boss and they work for the church. And so, you know, part of our evaluations is how are you doing with your time? So do you have anything that you want to share with how you work with leaders and just understanding their time? Well, well, tying it into one of our core values yeah. is, is balance. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, as a 
a boss uh, as an employee here. That's one of the things, and, and you're exactly right, in our annual evaluation, that is one of the things we get graded on. Them. Yeah. Uh, do we have a balance of time? Because you know, too much of a good thing, i.e. working here, uh, can be a bad thing for us personally and certainly for our families. Um, but, you know, you, you are correct. We have talked with the staff. I've talked with the staff about, quote, time management right. and these choices and urgent and important and, and, and carving out time for self-development, personal reflection, relationship building, mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. And, um, yeah, uh, so it certainly yeah. applies here. It applies in every organization, but, but you know, recognizing that, our time is not ours. Yeah. Uh, and again, a lot of times, well, I've got my 168 hours. This week. No, it's not yours. It's not yours. No. <laughs> it's not yours. <laughs> so every yes and every no is a God decision. And another yeah. uh, teaching point you had here was that yeses and nos frame out God's priority in our life. And then you you got to messing. Um, <laughs> if you didn't wear your steel tip shoes, uh, you, you needed them. Uh, you had mentioned that, you know, conflicting priorities mm. – might be a result of a competing value system. And specifically, one of the examples you mentioned was that many times as parents, and and I've been guilty of this as well, you know, I want to give my kids the life I never had. And you said, God has not asked you to do that. Yeah. You want to unpack that a little bit for us? Because you were were getting in our grill. Uh, Gosh, I mean, I've just heard it so many times. I mean, even, even my dad has said it. You know, and again, I'm grateful for it that you were that you were working hard, making money to be able to provide for 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 me, my my younger brother, uh, for things that you didn't have. And, and again, I'm, I'm grateful. But if I had to be honest, though, based upon my understanding of Scripture, God's not asked us to give our kids what we didn't have in terms of materials. In terms of a house or a car or school, but he has asked us to do some other things. Like he has asked us to raise our children under the authority of the Lord. He he has, you know, asked us to to teach our kids the ways of God. So so in some sense, now again, I'm not saying that giving your kids the life that you never had is bad, but what we saw particularly with the song is I'm sure that within that song that Harry Chapin did, he didn't want to be that guy. He didn't want to choose working and making money over spending time with his kids. But but I know that there are conflicting priorities in people's life where they are conflicted over work and and family. And, and so you're, you're going to have to really take that up with the Lord because ultimately those are competing value systems. So – and I know that – gosh, and, and again, I, I'm not saying that giving your kids, you know, the moon – is in and of itself wrong. But if you are choosing that priority over, you know, uh, allowing them to actually see how you are making Jesus a priority and how you're, you're, you're investing Jesus into them, if they don't ever see that, well, then that song's going to happen is that they're going to see this is the priority and this isn't, but that might not be true in God's world. So, um, Yeah. Well, and then there's other things because I know that you know in a couple of a couple of the gatherings, I just let that speak for itself. But I mean, I think about how we use our money. You know, there might be conflicting priorities. Well, I really would love to give to the church, but I I just can't. Well, you know, okay, is it you just 
cannot or you have not prioritized how you spend your money in order to give. Because again, I know that it could see, be seen as conflicting priorities, but they're really competing value systems. You know, because God actually has asked you to live on a certain percentage of what he's given you. And if you say, you know what, uh, you know, what he's not giving me is enough. So I got to use a hundred percent of what I've been given in order to make ends meet. Like that, that is a competing value system. And again, I, I, I know like that is stepping on our grill, but those are again, those are yeses and nos that that we actually say. Um, you know, we could go, we can go further down the line too uh, about community. Uh, are you are you spending time with brothers and sisters, and and are are you sharpening one another? Because I do believe that that is a value in God's kingdom, um, and, and so. Um, I, that is hard. I mean, I know that I, I, I knew it was going to be a little punchy this week. It was, and it didn't stop there. <laughs> you, you mentioned uh, you, you mentioned the song. So Danny yeah. did a, just a wonderful job of of singing that Harry Chapin song, "Cats yeah. in the Cradle." Yep. Um, Chapin wrote that in 1974. So you weren't even born. No, yet, I wouldn't so even thought about it in 1974. It. Yeah. yeah. But but what a classic! And you know, he actually his wife had written that as a poem. And as Harry was recording it, uh, he said that how this song, he didn't use this word, but I will, tormented him because of his relationship with his father and then his relationship with his son, who happened to be named Josh, yeah. by the way. Um, but yeah, what a classic song. So I know that there were some tissues uh, and some, some, some tears. And it was so cool because it was kind of a generational song. I'm sure younger people didn't know that song. But definitely the, you know, those who are 40 and, and older, particularly those who are in their 50s and 60s and 70s, oh, yeah, I grew up with that song. I knew the word, but, you know, and so, but I think it was a staple in that generation. But what was so funny, though, but it was also the generation where you saw both parents go into the workforce. And so it's not just, you know, so the dad was already off, but it was also where, you know, you, you have kind of the boom of kind of when I say the, the when I say the industrial revolution type thing had already taken place, but people were working, you know, eight eight to five or nine to five, and you know, and and really workaholism was really born during that time, and I think that was part of the element of of that song, definitely. So and part of that, well, I'm going to have make sure things. That my kids have it better than I did, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and they did that at the expense. Mm. So, so we moved from uh, that uh, stepping on our toes about competing value systems, and then you you talked about stewarding our yeses and discerning our nos. Uh, this idea of stewardship, you've you've already referenced finances, but again, time, finances, our talent. And uh, you actually uh, were transparent and mentioned that uh, you had found yourself in debt um, <laughs> when you reviewed your calendar. And, and, and I will attest to this because it was a Thursday or a Friday afternoon. You pulled me into your office. You were sitting there with Julie and you were in the thick of, of this. Um, but, but share a little bit more about how you found yourself in debt where you, you thought you were buying time on credit um, by, by probably saying yes to too many things. 
Yeah. So what what was happening is like I'm a I'm a block scheduler in the sense of I block out my times in sec you know kind of in segments. Like I'm going to work on this this segment. So like I I can give you just the rundown of my week is like on Monday. So from uh, really eight until eleven, uh, that's a time for recovery and planning. And so I'm just trying to recover from the week, but also trying to get my ducks in the row of, of some planning. And then from 11 uh, to uh, really 2, I have executive meetings. And then obviously uh, extra takes is, is a block there and then meetings afterwards. So Mondays really are a meeting day for, for church uh, uh, staff. And then Tuesday, um, a, a lot is uh, meeting day suit. Now, one of the things that I found out, and I read a book uh, years about you know years ago called Deep Work, and I think I mentioned that book before. I, I think I've mentioned it on Extra Takes, but Deep Work, so D E E P, Deep Work, and it's by I think uh, Cal Newport. And he talks about when are you most productive? Like when are you most on? Because whenever you are most on and most productive, you need to set aside time that you do only what you can do. So for me, when it comes to things that only I can do that I I can't pawn off on or delegate or empower other people to do is sermon prep and then vision casting. So what I've done on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday is I've blocked out my time that from 8 until noon, that is when I'm actually most productive. And so therefore, I'm going to give it towards vision casting to thinking in depth about things, about where the church is. But then on Wednesdays and Thursdays, I, I'm in, I'm in study writing mode in terms of message prep. Because by, uh, by noon on Thursday, I already have my manuscript and I, I send it in. So, so then I have to then go have to fill in other seg, you know, kind of sections. And so, but Tuesday, I have a lot of other staff and um, other church-related meetings that I have. So Mondays and Tuesday are really all meeting days, which really only leaves a little bit of Tuesday and all of Wednesday afternoon for other things. And what was happening is that I was moving around my 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 deep work time and going, okay, well, I'll fill in that person. Oh, okay, I'll fill in that person. And then Friday's literally my only day off because Saturdays I do get to spend a little time with my family, but around two, I got to start preparing for or our Saturday worship gathering. So so Saturdays are are unique for me in you know at Northland than they are for most pastors and then obviously in all the other places that I've been. So that's why I have to be extremely protective about my Friday. So what I was also finding is I was making exceptions. And then I found out, you know, then I found myself, all right, I'm not able, you know, I'm not reading the way I want to read. I'm not studying the way I want to study. I'm not even taking off the way I want. And I'm I'm finding myself extremely like mentally, emotionally, and even physically tired. And and it and in some sense dawned on me I had gotten into a habit of just accommodating yeses, um, you know, people's request. And again, and that's why I, I I needed to draw the pyramid is because it's not that people are not important. People are extremely important to me. But I I I had to actually start weighing the importance of the meeting of what it was about. Because they weren't urgent and they weren't an emergency. And so, but they were infringing upon what God had, the priorities to what God has called me to do in those, in those time frames. And so that's what the Lord gave me is that I'm sitting here moving heaven and earth to accommodate 
these these requests. And by moving heaven and earth, I'm losing my effectiveness at what really are the priorities that God has called me to do as as a senior pastor. So that that was the uh, the, the part that it really did resonate with me, and that I, I can't buy study time on credit. There's you know um, be, because I, if I was going to fulfill that time, then I'm saying no to my family. Well, I, I mean I, I don't want to be studying you know at six. 6 p.m., 7 p.m., 8 p.m. while I'm, I'm supposed to be with my family. So that's what, you know, happened there. That's good. And, and I'll also give the audience, um, so if you go outside of Pastor Josh's office, they actually installed a light hanging down from the ceiling, and and you try to try to be accessible. So yeah. if that's green, okay, you can knock on Pastor Josh's door or just walk in yeah. and ask a question. But if it is red as staff, you don't look in the window, you, you don't, don't knock on the door. Well, I'm, 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 in, I'm in my inner sanctum, inner sanctum. you know, of uh, my, stu- my stuff. But no, it is true because I, you know, especially where my office is located is like in the corner uh, of the, the, I mean, the far on out corner. So I, I do want people to see that, yeah, even though I'm in my office and I might be working, it's not deep, deep work time. So come in, you, you know, and then that's, that's where some, you know, uh, just impromptu meetings can happen. And so, but I do want to kind of utilize that lighting system. And so, but I just needed to, you know, take that lighting system and actually apply it to my my daily and weekly calendar well it's a great exercise but you know we can do what we can to block out our time to turn off the phone those kind of things but when we can give other people a cue to say hey now's a good time or now's not a good time then they can help us hold to our commitment. So I know every time I walk past your your office with the red light on and I don't interrupt you, I'm saying, you know what? I'm helping Pastor Josh stick with his time blocking. Yeah. Well, and there's another thing, too, and I did not get around to saying this, particularly around this point in this principle, is that when when you say no— uh, and and you don't move and you don't move heaven and earth to accommodate a request and again it might be an important it might be an important request but it's not an urgent or an emergency but when when you say no and you don't move heaven and earth guess what you actually do you actually empower someone else out there that has the availability to say yes to tackle that ministry or to tackle that element. And so, so uh, because I, I needed, you know, I also needed to realize is that I, and, and it, and it does feel good that people want to meet with you and people want to, you know, do coffee or lunch or dinner. But I, I just know just as we look at Jesus's life and ministry, he was not able to accommodate everybody. But just because he wasn't able to accommodate doesn't mean that he didn't empower other people to accommodate, you know, because they had that availability. So that's where for me is that I I, I didn't have to feel as bad not not moving heaven and earth to meet important, you know, requests because I could then empower someone else that I might not even know to be able to do that, which I needed to say no to. Excellent. But they could say yes. Yep. So good. So you, you you can't buy time on credit, or you're going to really have to pay the bills. Um, another point you made was that when you can't decide, or if it's not clear, let no be your default. And 
And that might go – it doesn't sound particularly profound, but I think for most of us, yes is our default. So I just loved hearing that when you can't decide or it's not clear, let no be your default. Yeah. And this is great for teenagers. Like should I go to this party? If you're asking should you go to this party, you probably shouldn't go to the party. And it was funny because uh, my oldest, they um, – uh, well, he, he came he came up to me at the house when, when I got home and he said – Hey, there were a couple of things about about this message that really stood out to me. He's like, one of them was this particular point, is that when you're unclear or when you don't know, just say no. And then he said, then you made this point that if you went around to everyone in the room and you asked them what is their biggest regret or their top three regrets, it's probably because they said yes when they should have said no. He said that was good. Because I think as teenagers, we're saying yes to things that end, end up being a regret for us. Like, well, I wish I wish I wouldn't have went there. I wish I wouldn't have dated them. I wish I wouldn't have cheated. I wish I would, you know. And so, I, you know, it was, it, was, it was so impactful for him that, yes, you, you know, default. Like, let no be your default. You know, because if no becomes your default, then you can let the Spirit of God give you the discernment to say yes, you know, to the, again, to the things he wants you to say yes to. But it was it was impactful to my seventeen year old. Very good, very yeah. good. I'll tell you what, seventeen or seventy, uh, yes, being <laughs> no being your default is a, is a good thing. I, I've always said that you know there are few few decisions that really require an immediate answer. And mm. think about that. I mean, if it's yeah. an emergency, okay, yes, you've got to make a decision. You know, go left, go right, go to the hospital. But most of the decisions that we are, are putting in. Most of the decisions that we, we make and we, we agonize, yes or no, if you just sleep on it, the next morning, many times it's much clearer. And, and as you mentioned, sometimes uh, someone else has already taken care of the yes or the no, or we realize, hey, yesterday I was all jacked up about this, but today it's easy to say no or yes. So. Yeah. Well, and then if you think about the, the, the principle is that the more you say yes, the more likely, again, th- this isn't, uh, you know, th- this isn't definitive, you know, in, in the sense of, you know, the more you say yes, the more your life will be a mess. I'm not saying that. I am saying that the more you say yes, the more likely your life will be a mess. And then, you know, in, like Tom, you and I, we love leadership. We love organizational leadership. You know, that's why it's so important for organizations and obviously the, the church as God's, God's missional institution. We, we need a mission. Okay. Why are we here? Okay, what are the four things that we do to accomplish why we are here? And, and then you start building out, you know, these values. So you start really building out really what moves the church. And then again, this applies in business and any other realm is that you have to be mean about the mission. You got to be mean about the vision because they're, they call it, they call it vision creep or mission creep where you, you, you start acquiescence to, oh, yeah, we ought to do that. Oh, oh, yeah, we ought to do that. Oh, yeah. That's a great idea, and that you know when 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 you think about a church when everybody has an opinion, you know about what what you should do, you, you know uh, hey I think you ought to do more of this. Hey I think you ought to do more of this. Hey why don't you do this? If we said yes to everybody's thought or opinion or request, I promise you, church would be a mess. It, it would no longer, in some sense, be church. It, it would be one big chaos. Um, and, and so, 
Just think about that in your own life. If you start, if you start saying yes to all of these things, I mean, not only are you going to have, you know, competing value systems, but your life will be extremely chaotic because you will be torn in two. You'll be pulled in multiple directions. And, and the, and this is why it's so important to understand that these yeses and nos are anchored in, in, in God's authority is God will never pull you in multiple directions. God is not the author of confusion. God is not the author of chaos. Sin is is, which is why we can get this right, you know, if we live by the power of the Spirit, because God's not going to want us to be confused. He's not going to want us to be torn into two pieces, which is why, you know, letting letting know in some sense be your default. Like somebody else came up to me this past, you know, this past weekend, and it was such a practical thing that I've, you know, that I've actually heard is that if you don't know, go ahead and say no. Because you might be able, and I think even Kevin kind of mentioned this, like, no, not right now, but, but maybe tomorrow. You, you know, so let no be your default because then you, if you can say a yes, then you're going to be able to come back and go, Hey, you know what? I actually can do that. You know, but let, let no be that default. If you don't know uh, or you're not sure, do it. Yeah. So excellent, and you know, and and saying no, having no as your default, it it will cost you. Um, you know, I, I go back to this survey that we did, where over half of the folks, you know, don't want to say no because they're worried about disappointing others. And and again, some of that's just trash talk in our own head because <laughs> right. we're not disappointing. We shouldn't say that. Okay, my no disappointed this person. I mean, we, we can't control their emotions, but but that really did take you into the the second part, uh, which you you waited to the end. You went through it real quick because it was a little punchy, which was good, which was good. I like punchy. Um, but understanding how to receive no. And I'm going to read the, the first couple, and then we're going to land on that, that last one where we really needed our, our steel tip shoes. Um, but, you know, how to, understanding how to receive no. God is sovereign over that no. So I, I thought that was great. You know, ultimately, if we believe that God knows the hairs on our head and he's got everything in control. Well, that no that you just said didn't surprise him. You know, he's not going, ah, no, 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 you were supposed to say yes. I mean, so God's in control of, of that no. So we need to receive that. When someone says no, God ultimately knew that it was going to be no. I love this next one. The no isn't a rejection of you. It's just a rejection of the request. And, and again, that goes right back to that survey. We're, we're not disappointing someone. It's just that we're not doing, we're not saying yes to that task yeah. or to, to that request. So, so that was a great. Um, another one, um, the no doesn't mean the person doesn't love you or care for you. And again, you as parents, we all understand that. <laughs> in, in fact, um, you know, you were talking about how if we say yes, our life is more likely to be a mess. I mean, that movie clip from uh, Bruce Almighty was awesome, right? <laughs> uh, an oldie but a goodie. Yeah, yeah. It was a fun. Yeah, it was so funny. I think it was 2003. I mean, that's a, that's a long time ago. Yeah. And so, but it, it is true because I think, you know, these, definitely number two, number three, you can really apply it even to the realm of your relationship with the Lord because you're going to, you're going to ask him for these prayer requests. And we, we talked about this in Iron Faith because there, there will come a time where he says no. And how, how is that going to affect you? Because I do think that it does affect a lot of people in their relationship with the Lord because they don't like him saying no in their life. Like, Lord, I need a job. 
I need a great job. I need to make X amount of money. And he might provide a job, but you don't make X amount of money. Or, you know, he he might uh, allow layoffs to happen. When layoffs are looming, you're like, Lord, please don't let, let me get laid off. And then you get laid off. And so so that, so that I know that it does affect, those no's affect people. But um, it it is not an attack on your identity. It, it, it is just a decline in the request. And particularly in for the Lord, and this is why you have to understand, number one, God is sovereign over the no, which means we got to ultimately trust him in the no's. So... So if you do get a no, even even from him, don't 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 start telling yourself that well God doesn't love me, God doesn't care, or I'm nobody, or I'm nothing, or I'll never mount like no, like that's why you got to speak truth over your life, knowing that God is ultimately in control. And he loves you. He cares for you. You are his child. And so I, I think those are so, so important just from our relationship with God. But then obviously spilling it over. And then obviously it's really good for our kids to understand these things to our parents. It might be helpful for people to understand this from a from from their boss's perspective. So you might ask a request, say, I, I, I'd like to have a raise. No, we just can't do it right now. I know it stinks. And then you might, you, you, you might have a... You might have a tendency to go, well, you know what? They don't really care about me or love me. Well, don't, don't immediately go there because you, you don't know that. Now, if you've heard your boss say, well, I don't, you know, they're, they're just, they're just a pawn and I'm using them, then okay. Then they've told you kind of what their heart is, but you just can't project that on people who tell you no. Right. So, so good. So good. And, you know, many times no's, whether it's God saying no or someone else, we don't understand it in the moment. But going back to do we believe God is sovereign? And, you know, that verse, you know, the Lord is causing all things to work for good for those who know him and love him and call to his purposes. So you just – we got to be patient because how many times have we had seen the nose, received the nose, didn't like the nose, and then one year, four years, ten years later, it's, oh, now I understand. Yeah, I mean, I think about how many times I, – I, I, I can't even tell you because – I've been in ministry since I was 17 years old, 41 now, and I have sent my resume into, I mean, again, I have lost count since, you know, again, since I've, I've been in ministry, I have been told no, I mean, probably hundreds of times, you, you know, but, but it only took one yes. And so that's where when I think about, you know, even Northland and how God orchestrated it, because I, you know, not only did I give a no to Kevin, and we talked about this in Extra Takes last week, not only did I give Kevin a no, which was disappointing, but also a few months later, I did receive a no from uh, the church that had asked me to to put in. And so now I'm I'm sitting going, okay, wow, all right, so Lord, I got to trust you with it because that no, that no was extremely disappointing because I did feel like the Lord was leading me back into full-time vocational ministry as a pastor. And so I'm like, all right, Lord, I, I'm just going to trust you. And so it, it, it is hard, but definitely trust in him that when you do receive the no's, he does have a yes. 
there's there's going to be a yes somewhere out there for you. That is so good. In fact, uh, another quick story. So Saturday night, my wife Janet and I, we went over to Ormond Beach and we saw Matthew West, the uh, Christian artist. And in in part of his uh, concert, you know, he was just sharing some of his story. And he grew up a pastor's kid out in Indiana. In fact, it was really cool. He brings his dad on tour with him. Oh. Really cool. He brought dad out to tell a dad joke. and, and But anyway, so pastor's kid, he feels this call in his life. He wants to do music. So where does he move? He moves to Nashville. Mm. And he said he was there for four years, mm. received 33 no's. And he said there were only about 34 recording studios, and it was number 34. And when he went in there, he said, I just sang my heart out because I had nothing to lose. And that was the one that signed him and started what is Matthew's West ministry now to oh, us. So it's pretty cool. That's yeah, cool. 33 no's. Yeah. I would have packed my bags up and gotten another job. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, excellent. Um, another thing you said in how to receive no. You know, in receiving a no, you have the right to be angry but not to sin. And I, I appreciate that because sometimes yeah. I'm jacked up. I get angry <laughs> but not to sin. Yeah. Um, so that one, then we'll um, tie it into the last one, and I'll ask you to, to wind it up then. You, you'll only get angry and sin for receiving a no if you think the world revolves around you or the topic of request that got declined. So talk to us about being angry but not sinning and then being angry because, well, I didn't get my way – yeah, I, I, so um, there's there's so many different ways that you could kind of illustrate this, but take a take a child for instance when they're told no, and the whole terrible two thing, you know, so they get angry and sin uh, because they won't start, you know, they'll they'll fail to actually obey their parents at that point. Uh, as they grow older, they throw the terrible two tantrum in, in just a, in an older way, and so they'll start, you know, calling their parents' names, or you know, you don't, and and they'll they'll start, you know, in, in, kind of. Um, telling their parents something that really isn't true of them and so like disparaging uh, them so so that happens too when we get told no is that we'll again we'll have a tendency to sin by disparaging the other person by becoming bitter by pulling away like so uh you, you know sometimes I might ask my wife to do something or or, or let's let's put it this way I'll, I'll do this. she might ask me to do something. And I'll, you know, I might say no and, you know, and, and, and she has a tough time with that. And then even vice versa. And then sometimes I'm, I'm the jerk and I start, you know, I, I, I pull away emotionally just a little bit because, you know, she, she told me no, you know, and so that's where you, you, you can be frustrated. Like it's okay. We're, we're human. And that frustration and even that anger, that disappointment, that's not the sin. It's how you react or even respond. That's, that's the sin. And if you do respond in a sinful manner, all that does is reveal that you think life revolves around you. <laughs> and, um, if you go all the way back and I say I didn't I didn't connect these dots and I probably well I really should have but if you go all the way back to the very beginning that's exactly what what got humanity in trouble is that they wanted to replace the center of the garden which was God with them and so they wanted the world to revolve around them so they gave God a resounding no 
Um, and so, so for for us is like if you really want to know whether or not you uh, you respond to a no in a in a sinful manner, just just see how you you act. And see what you do to the person who said no, or see what you even do to your 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 own self. And I, I know in the church world, I, I can't. Even, I wish I wish I had numbers. I but this is more anecdotal. How many people have left a church because they were told no? No, we're not going to do that music. No, we're we're not going to make that announcement. No, we're not going to have that ministry. And, and then you're like, wow, just to, you know, like, and they get. And but here's the thing. Instead of asking the Lord where the Lord wants them to go to church, they just immediately react in a very sinful manner, and then they'll they'll stop they'll stop giving they'll stop tithing they'll become bitter they'll resent the place and then they'll go angry to the next place. And I promise you, God is not glorified in people leaving one church angry and going to another church bitter. And again, it might not you you know you may not be bitter to the church that you're going to, but you're bitter from the last church. And and that 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 is a problem in God's kingdom. It may not be a problem to you, but it is a problem in God's kingdom because of the way you left. You left angry and upset because you were told no, as opposed to processing: is this no closing the door of me worshiping here and opening up a door to another place, or is this no actually from the Lord to help me grow and to be more mature in my in my walk? With Christ and to redirect me to what He does want, um, and so uh, that that could also even be with the Lord. You know, how many people have walked away from from faith in the Lord because they felt like the Lord gave them a no? And, and 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 I promise you, the Lord did not give you a no in your life to drive you away from Him, but to drive you closer to Him. So the, that's how these no's, how we are all, all to receive the no's. So for those you know uh, that said they had no problem saying no, I, I promise you, at some point you have a problem receiving no, like we all do. Sure. Yeah. Excellent. Well, one final question for you. And we've been talking about the word no, so I want to ask you a question about yes. So I I know mentally you're you're already in 2024. You're you're, you're planning planning things here at Northland. You're planning things for for Josh Josh Laxton and the Laxton family. So what are some some yeses in 2024? What are some yeses that you are making sure you have room for as you steward your time and the time of this church? Yeah, so just any? It could be personal or it could be church-related. You take it any way you want to. Yeah, so... Yeah. Well, one thing that it did dawn on me because I have I've had a lot of guys ask me to play golf, and and it has dawned on me, and and it took me a while to come to this because I love golf. People know that I love golf. I played in college. I uh, used to be a scratch golfer, not anymore. But I love the game. So when someone says, "Hey, you know, would you love to play golf?" I like I actually would love to, but do I have the time? And like Fridays, yes, Fridays are my day off, but then I have to judge, okay, even do do I want to take one Friday a month and spend four or five hours on a golf course? On occasion, sure. But here's the one thing that I know that I can say yes to, because I 
have uh, participated in a top golf league with a few guys uh, over the past couple of months. And I'm like, that time actually works well for me. And what what I've told Julie, I said I'm going to give I'm going to dedicate one Monday a month from five to eight p.m. to just being at Top Golf. So anybody who wants to play golf or anybody any you know like wants to hang out, like man, I, I want to do that. So so that's an you know that's an example of something in 2024 that I am I'm, I'm carving out a yes. That I can say, you know, to people. Another thing that I've got to carve out to say yes to is, is actually, and this goes back to the Iron Faith series where I talked about a rest and recovery. Is that you have you have a daily rest, you have a weekly rest, which is a Sabbath, and then you have extended rest. I don't do very well on extended rest, and so meaning like I don't take a lot of extended rest. Like I was telling, I was telling Julie. That, um, you know, I, I just have a difficult time taking off off. Like, so yeah, going on mission trips or going for my anniversary, that, that, you know, that's great. But I, but I know that for me to be as healthy as I possibly, possibly can be mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, I need to say yes to more extended rest. So that is something that I'm saying yes to in 2024. Fantastic. So. Wonderful. Well, in a second, I'm going to ask you to close us out. Okay. Um, maybe with a prayer. That'd be great. Yep. Uh, but we're uh, a lot of folks will probably be listening to this on their way to Thanksgiving or maybe uh, coming back from Thanksgiving holiday. And we just want to say, Northland family, we, we love you. We're thankful for you. But we also recognize that as you, some of you, uh, look back over the, the past year, there might have been some notes. Uh, yeah. that there might be some some no's. There, there might be relationships. There might be people. There might be situations where you don't yet understand the yes that God has for you. Mm. Um, so would you mind uh, just giving us a, a blessing, give the church a yeah. blessing uh, around uh, Thanksgiving and what to be thankful for? Absolutely. Uh, Father, we, we bless you. And we are grateful for you. We are thankful uh, for for you and the goodness that you have shown us in our life. We thank you for Christ, uh, the ultimate gift, his life for our life, that we might be a new creation in him. And so I just pray for all of us this Thanksgiving that we would be people of uh, thankfulness, that we would be people of uh, a gratefulness and knowing that every good thing that we have in our life comes from you. And so I pray that our life would be a blessing to not only you, uh, but to others that you have placed us around. And Spirit of God, will you empower us and give us the wisdom and the discernment to steward our yeses and to Discern our nose that we might glorify Christ and become wiser in life. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, Northland family and friends, blessings. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening to Extra Takes. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you won't miss a single episode.